Hello and welcome to Paddock Chat, a West Midlands group podcast created to keep local growers in the loop without having to leave the paddock. Each episode, we delve into topics on the farming horizon and help you in the search for the answers needed to confidently navigate the future ahead. So let's dive into today's episode. In this episode, I sit down with Anna Cornell, who is the Sustainable Agricultural Project Officer at the Northern Agricultural Catchments Council Natural Resource Management, or NAC NRM for short, to discuss Anna's project, Growing Great Ground. So it's time to take a break from the fields and tune in for an episode of Paddock Chat. The information provided in this podcast is general in nature and may not be wholly appropriate for your purposes or situation. We recommend that you seek appropriate professional advice before implementing actions based on the information provided in this podcast. And this podcast was recorded in May of 2023. So hi, Anna. Thank you very much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, Erin. Thank you for having me. (laughs) So I wanted to jump into the first question, which is uh, what I usually ask people, and that's what actually brought you to your current position? So, well, my name's Anna Cornell, and I'm the Sustainable Agriculture Project Officer at NAC NRM, so that's my current position. The Growing Great Ground Project is funded by the National Land Care Program. What brought me here, I guess, if you go back far enough, I grew up on sort of like a hobby farm, 1,000 acres, which is hobby for the northern Northampton region, uh, mainly bushlands. So I think that really developed my like love of native plants and caring for the environment as I was so immersed in it from such a young age. It led me to sort of study science at university. So I picked botany, so native plants and things like that, and also just agriculture. And that just sort of, I fell into that at while I was at uni and I loved it. So I wanted to combine these two things in my career and so I was looking at things like sustainable agriculture, um, revegetation on farms. I was really interested on that sort of thing. So working in natural resource management, so NRM, really appealed to me in that way. And after uni, I really wanted to move back to the region because that's sort of the environment I was familiar with, where I grew up and the area I really cared about. So when Nat had this job advertised, I went for it. And yeah, here I am. That worked out well then. So you moved up when this job became available, like you weren't already living back there? No, yeah. So I did my first year out of uni um, in York in cropping research, which was really interesting. Like I loved it, but really not the area for me, too cold. Um, (laughs) And it was very agriculture-based rather than combining my botany and agriculture, so sustainable agriculture. So that's more what I wanted to move into. So I moved up when, yeah, the job was advertised and it just worked out perfectly. Awesome. Okay, so Growing Great Ground is the project that you've been working on. Can you tell me what the aim of that project has been? Yeah, so Growing Great Ground project aims to provide knowledge to managers of agricultural land in the northern ag region to address wind erosion and improve on-farm biodiversity through the establishment of ground cover and native vegetation. So that's our project aim there. So pretty much the basis of the project is to remove the financial risk of adopting practice through incentives. So Growing Great Ground has incentives for perennial grass pastures, which has included mixes such as panic grass, rhodes grass and kaiku, amongst other things. The reason why we provide incentives for perennial pastures is um, because they provide all year round ground cover and grade feed compared to annual pastures. 
it's pretty much a living haystack for your livestock. Annual pastures usually die off in the summer and autumn months, leaving paddocks completely bare and vulnerable to wind and water erosion, whereas the perennial pastures are there all year round and cover up that sand, cover up that soil, locks it down. Really important for those very vulnerable wind erosion prone soils. They also reduce the need for supplementary feed in that autumn feed gap time. They also benefit the soil through increasing the water holding capacity and reducing dryland salinity, soil acidification and nutrient loss through runoff. And when perennial pastures are sown in with legumes and other plant families, either after or before if the seed bank is there, it increases the microbial activity and the nitrogen fixation in the soil, therefore leads to better soil structure and healthier soils. You mentioned a little bit that there were kind of some key perennial species that we were planting. Did people try some some different things, some kind of species that haven't really been seen much in the region? Yeah, so another grass that has been included in a few mixtures has been the buffalo grass. Uh, it's sort of been brought down to this area to help with backgrounding for cattle as they're coming down from those um, stations. So it's been really important to keep that diet consistent for them. And it's also been shown results that it's really held on a bit longer than things like panic grass. We've seen a couple of examples in paddocks where it was super dry actually this year and the panic was all brown and the buffalo had that still that tinge of green to it. So it's really holding on compared to some of those other grasses when it's been very dry. Yeah, right. Oh, that's good to hear because I know it hasn't been kind of tried that much down here. The second half of the Growing Great Ground incentives is for native revegetation and fencing, which is to improve on-farm biodiversity. We've found that some landholders were able to use this incentive to plant fodder shrubs, such as saltbush and rigodia, along with other native shrubs and trees, including things like acacias and eucalyptus, which has provided fodder and shelter for their livestock and has been in paddocks that were lacking ground cover and biodiversity. So that's been really helpful for them and their livestock. And other farmers have done sort of a different route and were locking up land and revegetating it to restore it to its sort of natural native environment and not touching those areas. So as well as improving their flora and fauna biodiversity on their farm by doing this, We've also seen it can be financially beneficial as it reduces the salinity and improves the soil health that has previously impacted their surrounding crops and pastures. So, so with uh, revegetating certain areas of their farm to lock and leave to restore it back to its natural state, farmers have probably always wanted to do this but never had the budget for it or didn't want to take that financial risk. So with the Growing Great Ground incentives, we've taken that risk out for them and they've been able to do something really awesome on their farm um, and their environment. So the aim of the project was kind of taking things that are known to to be beneficial or to work and then providing producers with the options without the cost. Yeah, so this project was sort of uh, written based off the federal NRM priority number five, which is to increase awareness and adoption of land management practices and improve and protect the condition of soil, biodiversity and vegetation. So the second part of Growing Great Ground, along with the incentives, is that we also provide learning through events and communications. So these learnings build on known practices, as we were talking about before, of sustainably managing permanent pasture and biodiversity and the effect this has on the associated ecosystem services. 
So talking about events, the project, I'm guessing, involved certain communication requirements. Have you done many events and activities for the project so far? Yeah, so we have done a few events for Growing Great Ground as part of communicating our learnings to the community and to landholders in the Northern Ag region. We have done six events in the last financial year. One of those was with you guys at West Midlands Group, which was such an awesome event. So the last few months, uh, we actually had two recent perennial pasture paddock discussion and workshop events. One was in Irwin and the Ming and Irwin group helped us with that one, where we had a local walkaway perennials contractor and cattle grower Grant Bain come and share his wisdom with us and with other growers that are either new to the whole perennials journey or looking to improve their perennials management or even their next mixture that they want to sow. So he should have sort of shared his successes and failures, obviously his learnings from his failures because he was one of the pioneers of perennial pastures in the region. So he's been through a lot of trial and error to get to where he is at today, which is having his whole farm completely covered in beautiful perennial pastures and helping others achieve that as well. We also visited local experienced perennial pasture landholders in that area and they showed us their different perennial management types, some with tagasasti and native fodder shrubs such as saltbush and rigodia included in the interrows, how to re-establish perennial pastures that is considered maybe a failure and utilising cropping paddocks by sowing the perennial pastures in the middle of a poor area where they weren't getting any value out of the crop and then turning that into a pasture paddock in the summer months where their sheep can feed on the stubble and the perennials in the middle and gives them a really long rest over that cropping season. So that was yeah really interesting to look at things like that. And then our event with West Midlands Group in Dandarigan did a similar thing, but we also took a bit of a new idea to this event. In the past, previous events have been getting everyone together, learning on that day, sharing your experiences, taking it home. This event, we were trying to sort of get all those minds together, get experienced growers from around the area that have all different various types of experience with perennial pastures and breaking their brains and getting their knowledge, skills and learnings all on paper so we're able to share that with a wider audience and wider community that might not be able to make it to these events. So there's sort of our recent events that have been all to do with perennial pastures, but Growing Gate Ground is a lot more than that, even though that's a very important subject in the project. We've also had some recent events. One was on bird biodiversity on farms with BirdLife Australia. We had that in Karoo in April. We also had events in the past such as building a carbon farm seminar, interactive soil workshops with Earthwild Australia, and we've had visits from Christine Jones and Charles Massey, who are really renowned and important ecologists in the regenerative farming space. So it was really awesome to have them come to our region and sort of show us the next steps in sustainable and regenerative farming that we can build upon here. We can also share um, our learnings from this project, such as event results and things we've taken away from seminars in our social media and through our monthly newsletter, which is our NAC notes. This helps us to connect to growers that can't make it to these events. Our NAC notes can be found on our website, 
and uh, on our social media pages. So if there's anything that comes up that interests you in about an event, we'll have results there and links to resources and tools that can help you connect further into that topic. Wonderful. So what results have you found from the project, which is quite a broad question? So NACNRM covers the northern ag region, which is 7.5 million hectares across WA, and it runs from the Shire of Jinjin in the south to the Shire of Northampton in the north. And 70% of this land is dedicated to agriculture. So in the sustainable agriculture team, we have a pretty big area to cover and help. So the Growing Great Ground project is firmly focused on the adoption of known practices and has delivered approximately 2,400 hectares of on-ground change in partnership with 47 landholders in this northern ag region. And that's been over a space of four years. The on-ground activities for perennial pastures has been approximately 2,000 hectares and for revegetation has been 300 hectares. In terms of other results, we provide surveys after our events to record if there is an increase in knowledge and or interest in practice change on agricultural land. For example, at the perennial pasture paddock discussion that NACNRM did with uh, me and Irwin group, 57% of attendees said they agree and 43% of attendees said they strongly agree to the question, I am likely to make a practice change or consider making a practice change as a result of this event. And one practice change that was included in the answers was to begin planting or to plant more native fodder shrubs such as saltbush and rigodia, a pretty important and highlighted practice change after that event. And at the West Midlands Group Beyond Bare Soil event that we did together, <laughs> 64% said they strongly agree that their knowledge and skills to improve the sustainable long-term management of perennial pastures has increased as a result of this event. And 36% said they agreed. So no one disagreed with that. So we did a good job then. <laughs> Which was great to hear. No, it is important to have um, the numbers behind that sort of thing because I know projects these days, we're, we're more, working more and more towards like an adoption and extension focus with projects and it is important that the word gets out there and we are reaching more people with these new ideas. So that's really cool that you have those numbers. How has the project brought practice change in the region? Obviously, Growing Great Ground has brought change in the region in several ways, um, one of those being the on-ground works and events that we've previously talked about. The second way that Growing Great Ground has affected change is sort of by forming a base of the Sustainable Agriculture Program at NAC. From this base, the ag team, including myself, have expanded the program by adding additional projects following similar strategic directions. These projects have covered drought resilience activities in partnership with several groups, including yourselves, West Midlands Group, with your winter amelioration project the inclusion of beneficial bugs in horticultural production, which was called Building a Buzz for Beneficial Bugs, the protection and rehydration of catchments, such as the Chapman Catchment Project, and legume solutions in low rainfall zones. As Growing Great Ground is sort of coming to an end this June 2023, 
and has been based on known practices that have worked in other areas of Australia that we've been trying to really push in this region for our vulnerable soils. In the future, we hope to support landholders with more innovative ideas and different projects in the future. And we can hopefully through providing incentives again and knowledge through events and communications such as we did in Growing Great Ground and hopefully take the risk out of these sort of new and innovative ideas that farmers want to come to us with. So that's what we're really looking forward to in the future. What sort of skills and abilities have you gained from your time at NAC so far? Because I understand it's quite a varied role and you do a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. Are there certain things that you've really enjoyed or not enjoyed so much? And yeah, what have you learnt? I think this role at NAC has been a lot more communication and nearly even customer service than what I was expecting. So obviously very different to a science degree. The whole basis of the projects is science, but the actual role is communicating with farmers and local government and grower groups like West Midlands Group, like yourself. It's obviously a lot more communication than anything I was expecting to do, but I love it. It's, yeah, it's really awesome. You get to really hear what people want to see achieved in the region and you get to hear people's thoughts and ideas and innovations and what they want to achieve on their farm, what they want to achieve for their growers if they're in a grower group, things like that. The communication skills is something I've really improved on since working here. Obviously, I've been at NAC for two years now and that's really improved. I enjoy that part of it as well is the getting out on farm and just you learn so much because every farmer has slightly different issues and has different ways that they've gone about fixing those issues. And I feel like, yeah, the stuff you learn by visiting multiple farms in different regions is just really cool. I've, I've learned so much over the time. I guess your role is pretty similar. You're kind of out and about a lot of the time. Yeah, because the Northern Ag region is so big and so varying. There's no one way to do something. You need to get out there and meet the people, have a look at this or have a look what they're dealing with to know why they're doing something or to help them get to where they want to achieve. So that is definitely a fun part of the job is driving around and have a look at the different areas because every town and every shire is so different. And I think, yeah, a lot of people don't know that unless they get out and about. Yeah. Um, and I almost forgot, we always ask uh, this final question and it is, what keeps you interested in agriculture? Good question. Let me think about that. I'd say what keeps me interested in agriculture is it's such an important part of Western Australia. Like I said before, it's 70% of land is dedicated to farming in the ag regions. So if you want to help the environment, if you want to help climate change solutions and make our planet a better place to live, you've got to start somewhere that's a big area and impacting a lot. I think that's why I like agriculture and I love the people that work in agriculture, everyone's sort of, the farmers love their land. They're happy to learn things that are going to improve it. And if you can help farmers improve their lifestyle and their business by improving their environment around them and the environment they work on, it feels pretty good. It's really rewarding and I love it. And you're also getting that reason of why you did a science degree is to help the environment, but you're helping it through people. So it feels extra rewarding. That's why I love it. Good answer. Thank you so much, Anna. It's been a really, really great chatting to you today. So thank you very much for joining me. Thanks, Erin. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Thanks for listening to this episode. 
Our members are an essential part of why we do what we do. For more information, including how to become a member, visit our website where you can sign up at any time. Links can be found in the show notes. See you next time for some more paddock chat. Local knowledge from a paddock near you.